You're listening to the Auburn Express. Yo, what's up, everybody? We are back, rounding the Amen Corner right here. I got, of course, Kenny B, Paul Meharry. We are in here. Can I get an Amen? Amen. Oh, I, I like that. Yeah, that yeah, y'all, y'all, y'all like that too. Yeah, okay, that's what I'm talking about right there. Like yeah, man. get my robe ready. This is the Amen Corner podcast, a collection of SEC football fans from different SEC teams coming together to talk ball once a week. Powered by the War Report. Represent Georgia, Paul Meharry. Representing Florida, Kenny B. And representing Auburn, Ike Jones. You are now, now listening to listening to. Amen Corner. We are back in here, man. We are talking a little bit of expansion. The SEC has decided, well, not necessarily just unilaterally, but Oklahoma and Texas are gonna come over a year early into the league. Hundred million. Mm-hmm. Paying that dollar a baby. So I don't know, you know, maybe you know, rumors float around out there. Apparently, Oklahoma was a little gun shy about this whole situation, and they initially were balking at wanting to pay. And Texas ponied up more money so that they could make this happen because Oklahoma was like, "I don't know, man." We really? have y'all heard about this? I, I haven't heard that. That uh, I haven't done enough research on it to verify if it's true. So I'm actually throwing out a whole nother like just random rumor right now. But I do want to check out as to whether or not Oklahoma was like, I don't know. And and Texas was like, man, just come on, bro. I got you. I wouldn't be surprised if it is true. The only reason I repeated it is because I believe it. (laughs) I believe it's true. I guess, but like, wouldn't that put you in kind of like the little brother? Like, you got yes. you like you owing big bro money type yes. deal. Yes, like you would. Yeah, it would. it's 100%. just not. A, it's not a good look that you want to be a part of. I don't think. Yeah. But I mean, at the same time, you, they needed Oklahoma. They can't come over by themselves. Texas can't. Yeah. So, uh, what I was was told in regard to this was that the the state of Oklahoma was threatening some sanctions against the University of Oklahoma because moving to the SEC was going to disrupt the Oklahoma-Oklahoma State in-state rivalry matchup. And so there were legislators. They could, but it was it's with, with it being within conference, it was a no-brainer they were going to play that game every year. Right. right. With it being out of conference, you move it out of the conference's hands as to whether or not that game gets scheduled. And so I don't know if there were stipulations around this contract moving up that they said, hey, you have to preserve this rivalry or what. But then it's still on a contractual basis, right? Like it dies the minute that whatever that agreement does dies. So with them being in conference, it's just going to happen because that's a conference game every year. Look, if I'm Oklahoma, I'm trying not to play that game. Play SEC schedule, then you got to play in Bedlam or not? No, Bedlam is is Bedlam. Yeah, no, yeah. Oklahoma versus Texas or Oklahoma Oklahoma State. Uh, Red River rivalry is Oklahoma versus Texas. Bedlam is the okay. yeah. Yeah, no. I, I, if I'm Oklahoma, man, I'm trying to find a way out of that game because yeah. go play an SEC and then, oh, hey, guys, last game of the year, you got Oklahoma State. Yeah. And nope. so, I mean, I think that that's kind of part of what the thing was. Like Oklahoma, I don't think, wanted to keep that going because they're like, you guys do realize they're talking about if we're moving over here, we're going to play nine SEC games now, right? Like yeah. nine SEC games and then you throw Oklahoma State as our out-of-conference situation. That means you only get two cupcakes in a year. That's it. Come on, man. Florida, Florida, we do it, baby. We got Utah. You want to play in the big boy league? Play big boy games. Hey, listen, Georgia does it every year. They're out of conference with freaking Oregon. I mean, it didn't really yeah. matter. It was but. supposed to be uh <laughs> it was supposed to be Oklahoma this year, but it got canceled. So I think this is the thing that frustrates well, not frustrates me. It makes me laugh actually when you hear Sonny Dykes come out and talk about how in November the SEC's scheduling cream puffs on their schedule and there and the big 12 is over there playing conference schedules the entire time for the remainder of their year. But it's like, yeah, but your you guys, yeah, you're, you, you look who's in your conference. Like who cares? Right. And our out of conference games are always big. Like the sec doesn't take week out of conference games. If they're doing another power five matchup, like every yeah, year, they're, they're promoting it's a big them. game. Yeah. Freaking they're the last two years, Auburn played Penn state. That's a big ass game. Yeah. 
uh, Florida last year, like you just said, played Utah. Utah, Michigan. They, they didn't. Miami. They didn't take. They didn't take the the freaking garbage team from the Pac-12. They went and got a team that was going to compete for the Pac-12 championship and played them. Right. Same thing for Georgia. Georgia went and got a team that was going to compete for the Pac-12 championship. They could have scheduled Colorado. They didn't scheduled Oregon. I mean, the thing is though with Oklahoma. So Florida has that rivalry with Florida State that they want to keep going. Right. Georgia has Georgia Tech, which you know right now it's it's not really a, a rivalry game per se, right. but back in the day it was. Um, Clemson's got South Carolina, right? So and then you have so Kentucky, Oklahoma I guess Memphis. With, Oklahoma should stay with Oklahoma State as the last game. I don't think they want it. And I was trying to go back and see if there was a trend here with Texas to like find out who their team is. I guess. Like if they finish out the regular season any type way, but they don't. No. Uh, so I mean, you got Baylor. The rivalry Kansas. that we killed was Texas Tech. I mean, excuse me, Texas A and M in Texas, right? Right. That so was, that's back. Yeah. So that's back. So I'm trying to find if they have a team that they could. I mean, TCU, but they don't really have one uh, with Texas A and M and Oklahoma coming over here. So uh, that'll be interesting to see if Oklahoma has to play Oklahoma State. Mm-hmm. Who Oklahoma is going to be like? Hey, well, Texas has to play. Baylor or something. Yeah. Right. You know, they, like, but I would much rather play. I would probably rather play ba- Baylor uh, than, than Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State just seems to be good every year. Yeah, I mean, Baylor's gotten better over the last yeah, couple they, of they years. Have, but Texas, they have. I mean, TCU's better. Uh, kind of perennially, they're always going to have a tough team. So maybe that's the, the rough one that they I have. Would take, I would take TCU, then Baylor, then Oklahoma State if I had to pick. Even though TCU was just in the natty. But hey, $100 million to get out of it. And they got out of it summer 2024. So what that means, guys, is that the schedules for 2024 are about to get completely thrown yeah. around, completely jum- jumbled, jambled. Uh, and, and I think, you know, I, they're going to have to announce this sooner rather yeah. than later just, just uh, for the just for tv sake they're gonna have to get TV those sake for yeah. travel purposes for these teams i mean there's there's a lot that goes into i mean when when georgia travels it's not just 70 guys and kirby smart you know right. there's like 300 guys that go plus the band you know like you got to be able to kind of make these accommodations a, a year ahead of time right and so i'm assuming that that schedule is going to come out sooner than we think probably I, I would assume that they're going to try to announce it sometime right around SEC Media Days. I was thinking, yep, you had, took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah, SEC Media Days, they try to maybe put that in as like the last thing on the last day. Folks try to forget about, and they try to, you, you know how the SEC mm-hmm. does. Friday Friday afternoon, 5 p.m. news dump is what they love to do. So yeah. nobody talks about it, but this might be a, a bigger thing they want people to talk about. So they might release it first day. Uh, there, I would be shocked if Greg Sankey got out of SEC Media Days without having to answer that question 500 times if he doesn't do it during his opening address, though. I think I think you have to. Like, hey, guys, welcome to the SEC and welcome to Texas and Oklahoma. Here's our new schedule. And then they like do like a Steve Jobs type thing in the background where he hits a button and it's like, boom, pod system. Yeah. So they're so going to have the coaches meeting before that, right? The the SEC coaches meeting is going to be right. coming up. Um, so but, but, it's got to get addressed there too, right? But Texas and Oklahoma will not be present, obviously. Yeah. yeah. Or that's, will they? I was about to say, that's interesting. Will they be a part of that meeting? Because they're not technically in the conference yet, but what they're going to be discussing is going to be relevant to them because they have to get this scheduling thing figured out before mm. that season comes along. So that's interesting. I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't I don't know if legal like legally, legally yeah. they could be there, but I'm sure there will be some note takers there for both of those ADs. Uh, for Scott, sure. I, I, I mean, you have to because the decisions that are being made, well, I would assume you have to, but to yeah. your point, legally, I don't know if they can actually get a vote because they're not a member institution at that no, point they, in They're time. definitely not getting a vote. I was just saying, like, maybe, maybe I get a outer table. Yeah. Let me get like a, hey, guys, would you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Slide, slide a note to somebody be like, hey, I can't say nothing, but can you say this for me? Right, right, right. I mean, from, from a Florida perspective, that's going to suck because 24 is the year we play everybody. UCF, Miami, and Florida State all the same year. That's, that's you're, the, losing, they, you're losing at least We're one. not. We're not. No, I'm not. I'm not saying like, oh, oh no, no, chill, yeah. dog. Damn, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> over there, bro. Like, 
You ain't even got a quarterback for this year. You're talking about 2024. <laughs> He's not losing. saying you're going to lose the football no, game. He's saying you're going to lose the, lose the p- playing that opponent Jeez. because they're moving to a different conference, man. Who hurt you? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I got it. I got it. As soon as he you still, said he still it, got, got it. He still got Graham Mertz on his brain from the last episode. <laughs> yeah, golly. Yeah, I'm on, man, yeah, it's going to suck because uh, we, we got to get, like, the Miami UCF, like, that's we got to get those games in. You, like, you got to get UCF in, really. I mean, we have to let them know that that bowl game was was right. a fluke. Well, here's the thing: you're not gonna. I mean, you're, Florida would be fools to keep all three of those games plus go to a nine game SEC, and that be your schedule. That would be crazy. You need you need some cupcakes, bro. Like you need you need a couple cupcakes, and that brings you're me to right. my my next point with this because right now it's an eight game conference schedule, right? So they're proposing the nine-game conference schedule, which is, man, like we saw it a little bit during COVID. COVID, yeah. Right? They had the 10-game schedule, and those guys – well, you you also had COVID going on, so you had you had guys sick with that. But, like, right. at the end of the 10-game SEC season, brutal. those guys were beat, bro. Yeah, brutal. The, like, you had guys dropping like flies. You had to calm practices down by week six. Like, you were you were just trying to get by. Yeah. Uh so you have this nine game schedule, but then like you guys are talking about the fun part of the SEC is when the SEC can go out and beat up on Oregon, Penn state and TCU. And you know, you name them USC, UCLA, whoever, whoever wants to smoke can get it. I don't know if, I don't know if those games continue with a nine game. I think it's a three cupcake or two cupcake and you get your Georgia tech at the end of the year. Yep. Uh, and that's it. Yeah, I think that, that it's gonna you're gonna end up finding because to, to your point, there are natural rivalries that exist out of conference already. And right. so So there's 10 games. So that's yeah, 10 games. Right. And so you're you the, the other so for Georgia, for instance, they're gonna play Georgia Tech every year. That just means that you're gonna get two cupcakes. There's no way that they're gonna wanna schedule another Notre power Dame? five opponent. Yeah. yeah. Like outside of that. That's just not gonna happen if they're gonna play nine SEC games. And if you're South Carolina and you gotta play Clemson as you're out of conference, there's no way you're playing somebody else. That's it. We're done. We're not I mean, doing well, even, even Florida with Florida State. Yeah, this year. Florida's gonna have to play Florida State. We're done. Auburn's like Big. We don't we don't have a traditional out of conference like we've been rotating you know I like said we had Penn State the last two years and before that we had uh freaking I forgot who it was but like it's it's not like a traditional out of conference person that we play oh so hell, y'all are all right then I mean hell our in conference is bad enough yeah well th- I mean <laughs> I also saw something that proposed uh basically moving Oklahoma and Texas to the west and Auburn and Alabama to the east so that's mm-hmm. the other part of what they have to figure out is are they going to go to this pod system. Are they going to go to a rotating traditional rivalry system where it's not, it might not be the, like a pod of four where everybody in this pod plays one another and then they get, you know, so three games within pod and then you play, you know, the other six games amongst the other pods. It's going to be like a traditional rivalry thing. So I've seen models exist where it's like, well, Auburn has to play Georgia and Alabama every year and then they get another third team that they play every season and then they rotate amongst the other teams within the conference for their other six and then Georgia would play uh Auburn and Florida every year and then maybe like Kentucky is their third one and then they rotate like so it's just preserved traditional in conference rivalries I just thought of something so what happens if I'm assuming with nine teams you can probably have three of them lose one game but mm-hmm. like you don't have it, you don't have a East and a West, right? So, so how they, how are they going to do the SEC championship? Yeah, it's got to be point right. differential. Like, yeah. I mean, yeah. when you have the, you may lose that, or they may go to the just the top two. Like, isn't the Big Ten doing that uh, towards just the top two teams, regardless of? Yeah, what I'm saying. I think. I think. I think. I'm be more like basketball in that way, right? Like the yeah, basketball I don't know if it's situation. A Big Ten or Big Twelve. Oh, oh no, they mm-hmm. have a conference. Cha- ter- well, no, regular season. They just, but they don't play for a championship in that way. I don't know, bro. I think the Big Ten's going to just regardless of who. No um, divisions. It's, it's just top not, two teams. They still have divisions, but the championship is just the top two ranked teams in the Big yeah. Ten, regardless of. What's the point know? of having divisions? I guess for scheduling only, but like yeah, probably for scheduling, but. Weird. 
I think, and again, I'm not good at math. Somebody's probably going to correct us while they're listening to this, but I think you could come up with three teams and only have one loss or whatever in a nine-team pool. For sure. Because there's ways to where they don't play each other, da 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 So what do you do? Base it off of, okay, well, three, all three of those teams played Florida, and Team A beat them by 14, Team B lost by two, and Team 3 beat them by 21, so Team 3 and Team 1 get to go. Like, Yeah, it's got to be interesting to see how that works out because... And I'm sure that's what's going on in the back of these guys' heads at, at trying to figure out this schedule. Right? Yeah, because once you get into that sort of stuff, you have to do some sort of point system, and then like, then it matters like how bad you beat somebody, right? So like, you're kinda, soccer, soccer, that's a thing, right? Yeah, point differential in like the Premier League. That's a not only do you get wins, but it's also based off of like score differential too. Yeah, quality yeah. of quality of uh of your loss. How we you like to say when you're losing is like, well, we didn't lose that bad. Yeah. No, this it <laughs> it'll see, matter. What, I, what I'm getting at though is like you're you're gonna have to have almost like a college football playoff for the SEC yep. to like do a round table of the gonna have a committee teams. that comes yeah. together and says well, these are the best two teams if it's not obvious yeah, by, yeah. by by their ranking or whatever or their uh record. Yeah, but I don't even think they I don't think that's their main focus. I think their main focus is this twelve team playoff. Well, oh, so, yeah, they want to get as many teams. They're in. just like, yo, we can get we can get six in. Because Sankey already said he was like, I mean, we can get but six or seven in, and uh, and we're fine. Yeah, but still, you have to have a conference champion, right? Because yeah. one of the twelve team playoff things that they're talking about doing is an auto qual for the champion. So, mm-hmm. like, you have to figure out who, how do you crown a champion every year? And they're definitely not getting rid of the SEC championship game. It makes too God, much money. No, they make way too much money on that. So they're they're gonna have to have a conference championship game. How do you determine who plays for that game? And then, like you said, is is it some sort of committee thing where it's like, all right, well, these are they are they going to factor in common opponents and then point differentials? And it actually helps, right, when you start looking at like voting at the end of the season for Heisman and stuff like that too, because you're you're not going to be pulling your starters as early. No, right? I can't. Like especially, yeah, if, if I got to win this game by twenty one to jump Florida, so I'm second. Yep, you know. Then yeah. I got. I just got to keep beating your ass. Like it's just like right. we're not stopping yeah. today. Yeah, no running <laughs> clock. But that's what people want to see. People want to see that Georgia versus, versus Oregon. They want to see fireworks, touchdowns, scores. Like that's what we want to see. They want to see that seventy to three. Yeah, they want to see it. It's gonna be very interesting to see how they decide to. to if you do keep this. it east west, you're good. You're Gucci, right? Yeah. Or if you keep it to where two pods are on each side. Mm-hmm. But then if you're gonna keep two pods. Then you're you're going to play like pod one and pod two versus pod three, pod four, and then the winner of those go play. Like you're going to now have a, a playoff yeah. committee or playoff yeah. situation within the uh, the sides? Yeah, it doesn't – I don't know, man. It's it's cool, like – and I don't think people have thought that far deep into it yet. Like, yeah, the pods would be dope. Like maybe they have, like at the SEC level, but these folks that put out the pods like, oh, you can put oh, these yeah. pods in and play. Well, what happens when you have three teams that only have one loss? Or you have four teams that have two losses. Or like, or like maybe there's one undefeated team, but then like three teams beneath them are all right. tied in their record. Right? right. And so how do you pick of those three? Who's the one that goes to exactly. play the undefeated team? Exactly. What? They, they were the closest one to the undefeated team, like when they played each other. But what if the other teams didn't get a chance to play them? Yeah. If, so if I never played that team that's undefeated, it's like, right. well, you're the only one that hasn't had a shot at them. You go try to fight them. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be interesting. It'll definitely be interesting. Uh, you sent out a pretty cool article to us. Yeah, so let's let's talk about that, right? So, we, you know, in the midst of all this conference realignment stuff, and we're talking about these traditional powers, there was an article that got posted about... Kenny, actually, I'll let you queue up the article since you brought it to our attention, man. What what was the, the uh, SP something? I don't know. You tell me what it is. The SP plus top 25 poll for 2023. The SP rank plus ranking is a combination of returning production, recent recruiting, and recent history. I'm assuming 
history of success of the it says, program. It says right here, I'm looking at it, Kenny. I don't want to interrupt you, but it says, using a sliver of information from previous seasons, two to four years ago. And shout out to uh, Bill Connolly over at ESPN who wrote this up. So, mm-hmm. uh, But that's the recent history. So uh, that, that tells you. The last two to four years, he goes off. Two to four years. Yeah. I'm, I was surprised to see some names. Yeah. Some of these names are interesting. <laughs> when you when you say, I mean, again, I, I haven't seen the, the, the calculations that he put in here, but let's let's just look at where, where the SEC schools are on this list. Uh, starting at number 24, you've got Kentucky. A little high for me. A little I high. mean, considering who they have coming back, I'm like, how does Kentucky get this high on this list? And they got Devin Leary from NC State. Uh, not really a drop-off at quarterback. So 24 for Kentucky? Eh, I think it's a little high. A little high for me. All right. The next one, very interesting, at number 23 is Mississippi State. Why? I don't know what Mississippi State's going to look like offensively. <laughs> like, they literally lost. I mean, Will Rogers is coming back. Yeah. But he lost, like, his top wide receiver, one of his best run- running backs on the team. And they don't have the offensive mind that made all of that stuff go. Rest what is beat. Mississippi State going to look like? Maybe it's a, I don't know, is it is it is it a hangover of... We're playing for Coach Leach still, or was that just a bowl game? And this is a I new year. Know. I don't know if that that hangover stays. Uh, yeah, I don't know if that factors into this SP plus uh, or not. I have no idea, but I, I thought it was interesting that they got put up in there. Next, Kenny. So, hey, Florida Gators at number twenty after finishing six and seven and losing their all-world quarterback, Florida. At number 20. How you feeling about that, Kenny? Hey, man. Um, I am surprised that we were this high on the list. Um, they landed the Graham Mertz, though. I mean, hey, the fact that this article was written by ESPN and uploaded on 24-7, that's probably why. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, a lot of our production comes from the run game, realistically. Our run game is back. Everybody's back. Uh I'm sorry, I saw a huge flying thing in my garage. Um, <laughs> um, our running game that was, that is God, um, that was God telling you you're lying right now. I'm trying to get your mind <laughs> off of this. Look, clearly. No, our running game, man, I think uh, our running game is strong. And our tight ends, uh, like all of our tight ends are back. Our wide receivers, um, our wide receiver core is solid. Uh, our D-line is better. Our linebackers actually. I'm gonna stop you, probably, Kenny. I'm gonna stop you because you do this every week. You try. You're, I'm you're preparing to last year team. Look, look, man. This is this every week you do this though. You're like almost preaching to us about how you think this team is gonna get better. Like mm-hmm. he does. He is the evangelist for the Florida Gators out he, here, man. I'm telling you, he Girl. does it every. Speak week. a word. Speak a word, Kenny B. Speak a word. Hey, I tell mean. the truth, shame the devil. <laughs> but no, I'm just saying, like the, the quality. Like when you think of all right, so. Yes, I probably pay attention way more to Florida than the other two guys uh, on this. On oh, this you know, you side. absolutely pay oh, more yeah, attention absolutely. to Florida. I, yeah, I'm yeah, not uh, even going. That's yeah. why you're here because I'm not going to pay attention to Florida like. But um, as far as the run game, we lost two. We lost two players that weren't productive. Our two most productive backs are boy, and who I mean they are like Trevor Etienne, Montreal Harrell. They're our two top rushers. It just is what it is. Um, mm-hmm. Our uh, wide receiver, um, Ricky Pearsall, our leading receiver is back. We have Xavier Henderson coming back. Um, and we have some young guys coming in. That is pretty solid. I mean, you lose shorter, but he really – he put up what, 300 no, yards. Number 20 in the nation, though. That's where we're at. Like, I, good, I am 20th? surprised. He's having to convince himself right now that they're 20. No, I'm, I'm, no I'm surprised that we're ranked at 20 based on – Losing three starting offensive linemen, two, three rotational guys, losing your quarterback. That's a huge hit. Losing your starter, starting safeties, losing your starting captain linebacker. But I thought last, I thought you said last week. That, I thought you said last week moving from Anthony Richardson to Graham Mertz wasn't that it wasn't that big of a change. No, I mean, but it's optics. Like, I mean, oh, I think oh, I mean oh, I think uh Hurt, I, I mean, I think Mertz was gonna be Solid. Um, I think he's a good fit for the what 
the offense Billy wants to run because AR okay. struggled in that type of offense. And Merton mm. is probably a little bit better in that offense than AR. But he's mm. not a better player, but he just may be better fit for what they do. Okay. So you have you have convinced yourself that Florida does No, it's like putting Lamar, like putting Lamar Jackson, uh taking him from the Ravens and putting him in a, a pro style offense where you gotta read five reads and stuff. That's probably not your best bet. You probably want to put them in the spread one, two, go. I like it. You know what I'm saying? So that's that's how I see it. So I'm surprised we're at 20. Like if, if any preseason ranking comes up and Gators are top 25, I think you're setting me up for the ultimate troll. But you know, <laughs> I'll, <laughs> I'll take it for now. Okay. It's definitely a troll. I'll take it as a troll. All right. Next up on the list from the SEC, uh, before we get to, through this list, no, we're not going to call Auburn's name on this. So I'm going to just keep reading names. Ole Miss at number 18 is in here. Interesting. Um, they got 18 quarterbacks now. Yeah. <laughs> the reason to rank 18th is they got 18 stars. Yeah. They, they, they're going to they're gonna be the first team to trot out three quarterbacks on the same formation. It's, yeah, I can see it. <laughs> I don't. I mean, they're they're obviously going to lose somebody in this spring, but, but it, I don't know. Can you? Jackson Dart already used his one free oh, transfer, yeah. so if he's not oh, graduating, he's he's stuck. Walker White just transferred. Not Walker White. Excuse me. Walker Howard just transferred in, and Spencer Sanders just got there. Nobody can leave unless unless Jackson Dart graduates. He is stuck, bro. Do you know how awkward that quarterback room's got to be, bro? Yeah. I hate it. I hate it for Jackson Dart. And I'm not even a big Jackson Dart fan, but like I kind of like him. I like his swag. I mean, we're naming my kid Jackson. So I mean Jay. I don't, in, so I don't like, dislike him. I'm just like, it's just a ter- terrible situation for him to be in, man. I feel bad for him. I feel I bad. Feel, for him. I would feel so disrespected. Bro. Yeah. yeah. So disrespected. <laughs> it's like, yeah. Like I just got here last year. Like, are we doing, are we really doing this? this? And I think I really I don't think he put up that bad of numbers, guys. It wasn't and terrible. It, it wasn't. And and typically if you look at the history of Lane Kiffin with quarterbacks, the first year he has a quarterback, they're going to put up a lot of turnovers and they're going to look kind of, uh, but that second year, they're going to look better. And he didn't even give him a second year. He's just like, he screw it. We're just going to get somebody bad. 3000 yards, 20 touchdowns, 11 Decent. interceptions. Decent. I mean, not terrible. Yeah. I, I would have expected year two Jackson Darton, unless Lane was saying to himself, man, he didn't improve enough for me throughout this season. I don't think he's ever going to get there. Let me go find yeah. somebody else. Bro, he put y'all up, were, he put y'all up, in the battle for the West. He put up y'all 600 like, rushing yards. Yeah. Five yards of carry. Damn. Just disrespect. Maybe he's uh, like, yeah, I can do that plus some with, with a real runner like Spencer Sanders. I have no idea what the uh, reason was for all of this. But it's, in, again, disrespectful to Jackson Dart, in my opinion. Um, yeah, they really got some like old Miss ass quarterback names on this team, bro. <laughs> Kinkhead, K I N K E A D. Got his hair swooped over to the side. He's from Yazoo, Mississippi. Kinkhead mm. Dent. Oh, Just that's like, his first name. That's his first name. I thought that was. I thought it was his last name. Nah, bro. Kinkhead. Kinkhead. Yeah, I don't Kinkhead. like it. Terrible. You're gonna, you're gonna have to fix that when he gets a little bit of money, man. What's your nickname, man? What's your nickname? <laughs> Can we call right you Lakin? Right. <laughs> it's K-I-N-K-E-A-D. I, I don't I don't know. That's terrible. He's from right. Yahoo City, Mississippi, man. So I don't know. Yahoo City. Yeah, that's that's even worse. All right. Seven, Seventeen. Texas A and M where I need to stop and get gas. Texas A and M is is number six. <laughs> 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 oh, you're not wrong. Uh, 17 on this list is Texas A&M. I think this is the shocker of the list. Of every team that made it on this list, Texas A&M is the most shocking to me. Man, but they're going to be so fun to watch with Bobby Petrino at OC, man. Oh, my God. They it's got to- a bunch of talent, and they have a new offensive coordinator. Is you, you, oh, So this is, do you think Jimbo's actually going to let him do his thing? I hope so because oh, I hope he doesn't at first. They lose like one game they shouldn't lose, and then he lets Petrino take over. Petrino kind of balls out, but then Jimbo sees he's getting too much of the fame, so he takes it back and they screw themselves. That'd be that'd this be would fun. be the perfect like that'd be fun. You know how they do hard knocks every year? Yeah, this would be the perfect team if they did a college hard knocks. I, I would love to watch Texas A&M this year after all the transfers out, the the big money guys that stayed around. Now you got Petrino showing up. This, I mean. If you're a Texas A&M fan, 
obviously you're upset, right? Because your team's not doing as well as it should, but man, you got to love the drama. I mean, it's just building that, over there in College Station. That is the correct word for it. A lot of drama. Um, but it's going to be interesting to see what this yeah. team looks like next year. Who, they, who Who's going to be their quarterback next year? Uh, I'm going to assume they're going to... I mean, he... No, I mean, mm-hmm. somebody... Tra- I think mm-hmm. Haynes King transferred out. Oh, did he? Oh, yeah, he did. He yeah. went to Tech. He went to Georgia yeah. Tech. Um, so the only left quarterbacks left there are Max Johnson, the former LSU guy who transferred in, got hurt. And then they've got uh, Connor Wigman, the true freshman that started the end of the season last year for him. Look, decent. Then they just got a guy. Um, what's the, the quarterback they flipped? Uh, yeah, they're not going to start a true freshman again. It's either going to be Max Johnson or Wigman. Uh, yeah. Wigman was decent. So I think I think if I were putting a bet on somebody based upon, I was never a big Max Johnson fan when he was at LSU. I didn't think he was going to be the solution for them, him at, them at Texas A&M. I'd say that Connor Wigman's probably going to be their starting quarterback next year if you were at gun to my head ask me today um but we'll see what the qb bet looks like in the spring but to me it's going to be one of those two guys i'll tell you one dude that is a dog on that team though that evan stewart kid yeah bro yes evan stewart yeah like that yeah Yeah. he's gonna have a breakout year this year in sophomore year uh let's see next team all the way down so so Future SEC school, Oklahoma is at 14, just throwing that out there. But I don't next, see that at all, bro. At yeah. all. Next is, is, yeah. is oh, here, but real quick, is Venables the coach when they come no. to the SEC? Oh, yeah, yeah. He'll, he, yeah I don't think yeah. he gets fired next year. I think I think I think that he sticks around through that first year in the SEC. And if they get mopped that season, he's done. Bro, it says right here after. Few second-year coaches face as much pressure as Brent Venables in 2023, and he knows it. After Oklahoma's first losing season in more than two decades. Gee. Dang. Yes. Oh, well, so actually, let's back up. If yeah, they have yeah. another losing season, yeah, yes, they he's do done. Like, yeah. Yeah. If, if, he, mean, does, if yeah, he doesn't I at least that. get to seven wins, he, he might not make it to the transition. And that, might, and that might be the hottest job of all yeah. time. You get to build an SEC like roster. Oh yeah! You oh, come yeah. into the SEC transfers. You can't. You can't miss that one. Like, yeah, they got who, money. Oklahoma got money. Yeah. I wonder if uh, what's what's your guy's name? Um, Urban Meyer. Now nah, Urban mm. Meyer's done. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna probably try to go get. You know who they would love to get? Josh Heupel back. They'd love to get Heupel back, and and, and <sighs> yeah, and they could pay him some money too. Yeah. They they would love that that Tennessee would Tennessee fans would absolutely be on suicide watch if that happened. And that I mean they lose it they lose another one they got to get an established you cannot come into the SEC with a DC or OC you got to get an established head coach. Yeah. So yeah, uh, let's Texas see. Form, future uh, SEC school number nine on this list. That's another school. That could be a nice hotbed for coaching. Let's start throw up another one, another bad season. Yeah, I mean, I, I just don't think you can with yours at the at the helm, man. I really like him, dude. Yeah, yours just, is nice. Yours is yours is pretty good. I don't I don't know if he can. I don't, if if Sark can somehow wet the bed again with with yours in there for a full season. Well, you know, yeah, I'm to say that if yours for a full season is going to be a thing because he got hurt last year. Yeah, um, but I mean, if but. You can have yours or have a new coach for, you know, Almighty yeah. Manning. Well, you still got yours for one more year after this, right? Mm-hmm. Or no, he's no, he's draft eligible, right? Because yeah. he transferred. No, yes. I, well, so here's the thing. He he be would be draft eligible. Yeah, yeah. He, he would be draft eligible technically, but he'd have to have an amazing season for him to go pro. I just don't see him being there yet, um, but we'll see. Uh, next actual SEC school, though, LSU, number seven. <sighs> Man, one thing I learned last year, Brian Kelly can coach, man. Yeah, he can. Yeah, and, I, I think he proved it last year. He's he's a good coach, man. Yeah. Like I, I think there was skepticism as whether or not it was going to work with him at LSU and, you know, culture fits, all this kind of nonsense that people are talking about. He proved none of that matters. He, he knows how to get talent, and he knows how to optimize talent and, and put them in the right position to do stuff. Football is football. And LSU is the one school that if you can lock down the borders because nobody else can come in there, they are every kid raised in that state is an LSU fan. 
and they're dogs. Like yeah. they're not a fan of any other team but LSU, the purple and yellow. You can lock down the borders, man. You're you got kids for days. I see it. Yeah, seven seven for me. They got both their quarterbacks coming back. Uh, That's going to be Bill, an interesting quarterback situation as well. And Harold Perkins. Harold Perkins is come on. Evan Stewart on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, her, her, he's, he's pretty disgusting. He's pretty disgusting. I was I was kind of upset that, that he was the revelation he was for them. Boy, um, you can put him, you can literally put him anywhere. Yeah. D end, outside backer, safety. I mean, hell, you could put him in a corner probably in that dude with ball. <laughs> Running back. Yeah. I'm so, mad <laughs> I mean, we, I'm so mad we couldn't get that guy, man. Yeah, per- Perkins is a game plan record, man. So um, he, he got Perkins him one right there. I know, man. Uh, number six. We just mentioned him when we were talking about Oklahoma. The Tennessee Volunteers at number six. Joe Milton, baby, rise up. I don't believe it. He's going to have to prove it to me still. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not so much down on – so here's the thing. Speaking of people who you absolutely, absolutely know can coach, freaking Josh Heupel can freaking coach. Ooh, I don't know. I don't know. Let's stop. Let's stop. Let's Offensively, stop. that man knows how to put the game plans together, bro. It, it, listen, I, he, if, you, if you're telling me that Joe Milton – is not a better looking quarterback than he was when you first saw him come walk onto Tennessee's campus and you can't credit Josh Heupel with that. I don't know. Yeah. Mm. Is it that one year right. people by surprise? Right. Now we have some tape. Now we can be like, okay. <laughs> I mean, maybe again, I'm not a big Joe Milton fan, but, and, and, and we will, this, this year will actually be the year where you're going to tell was this, he finally got the quarterback situation right because remember Joe Milton was initially his starter, and then they had to switch over to um, why is his name escaping me right now? Who's the quarterback for Tennessee last year? Hendon Hooker. Hendon Hooker, right? Hendon Hooker didn't come in as a starter. He was transferred in from Virginia Tech, well, and, and Milton transferred from Michigan too. Yeah, but Milton was the the starter at the beginning right. of the season. They switched to Hooker, and then everything took off. Right. So this is going to be the year where you're going to say, all right. You got your guy, Joe Milton. He's been in your system now for this is third year. If it falls apart without Hendon Hooker, then we know that offense was Hendon Hooker, and, and you you need the right guy. It's not the it's not the coaching that does it. It's the guy. I've seen this story. This is uh, Kyle Trask, Emory Jones, my boy. <laughs> Everybody <laughs> thought Emory Jones was about to go off. He'd been with Mullen for three, four years. Yeah. He's the guy that fixes. I, th- I, I did too. I honestly, I thought Emory Jones was going to be nice when he came in because yeah, when he came in at spot duty, he was like slinging it and he had the wheels. I was like, okay, Emory Jones going to be, he was terrible. That's kind of a high key comparison, not even low key. That's kind of a high key comparison, unfortunately. I don't want it to be right because Milton's like who right now I'm hitching my wagon to early on is like my guy, right? Yeah. But uh, that's – Kenny might have brought me down to reality right there. Uh, just, a, just a tad. Uh, but, yeah. but there's no li- there's no lying. This man's got probably the best arm in the SEC. He's got a cannon. He's, yeah. he's got an absolute cannon. Yeah. Uh, but can, can he hit uh, the targets consistently is going to be the question. Um, next on the list, the Crimson Tide of Alabama at number four. How are you feeling about that? It's, cra- it's crazy that they're number four. Uh, normally, it's top two. I think, I think that that's all because of the quarterback situation. I think that they only the only reason they're at four is because they don't really know what Jalen Milrow is going to be. Well, how, okay, so how do y'all feel about Milrow? I think mm-hmm. Milrow's decent. I mean, he's a definitely an athletic guy. I, he's he's not near the the accuracy of a Bryce Young, right? So you're gonna their their offense is going to look way different. Jameer Gibbs is gone too, right? Like he's not yep, coming yep. back. So, but th- I'm <laughs> saying, but not uh, they're going to reload at running back. My point is that all of the productivity for that offense was Bryce Young and Jameer Gibbs. Like that was literally like 85% of their productivity was those two guys because their wide receivers weren't guys who were just out there. Absolute, like people lamented their wide receiver core just wasn't producing the way that it should have been this last year. There was a, a letdown at wide receiver tight end not super productive. So their entire offense was Bryce Young escaping pressure and hitting guys and, and making amazing throws and being able to have Jameer Gibbs catch the ball out backfield, run and be amazing. So like, are they going to have, and their, their coordinator swapping again over there in Bama. So 
And I just new system, up, new quarterback. What what are they going to look like? I just looked at their preliminary depth chart and the defense. I mean, obviously they're going to have guys step up, right? But going into this year, they have Dallas Turner and and Kool Aid and Terry and Arnold, Malachi Moore, four guys that like yeah they probably could start anywhere. But the rest of these guys probably could maybe you know yeah they they're, uh, they're losing some to the draft too. Like they 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 right. lost a, a good amount of productivity. So. So, yeah, I mean, it's fourth might be a little high for them. And fourth might be the history portion of it. The SP plus that's what it is. Is definitely, definitely the history because Milrow and Jace McClellan are not Bryce Young and Jameer Gibbs. No, Uh, not not even half of of what those guys are, probably. Yeah. And and, and I think that that's the thing that that's why you see them at four and not two because typically they're going to come into anything, they're going to be ranked one and two. Yep. Uh, with Georgia, but yeah, the 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 unexpected, and then I mean, you lose your all world defensive end, right? Like you you just lost a lot of guys who were supposed to be the best in the conference at what they do. All right? Yeah. Will Anderson, Bryce Young, consensus two of the best players in the SEC last year. If you looked at every list that went out there, um, and no longer on the team, so. That's probably why number four, just the unknown factor. But because it's Bama, they don't drop below top five. Right, right. And then to round out the list as far as SEC schools, of course, number one, Georgia. Um, Georgia with some questions coming into this season, though, right? Mm. Who's going to be the quarterback? You got a lot of talent there, but that talent is going to be coached by somebody completely new. It's not like that talent's going to be coming back in with the same system even if people feel like, well, let's just go ahead and p- talk about it. Mike Bobo now announced as the offensive coordinator for Georgia. Um, Todd Munkin, as Kenny so astutely pointed out, would likely be making that jump back to the NFL. And that's exactly mm. what happened. Yeah, good call. Uh, Mike Bobo. And so, you know, new quarterback, um, new offensive coordinator. Defense is still going to be stellar. Not worried about that uh, situation. How do you feel uh, as a Georgia guy about Mike Bobo OC and where you guys sit today with that quarterback room in the new system? Man, so I think it was Carson Beck's job. Mm-hmm. I think that it's now open. Uh, mm. So Bobo's going to try to find his guy, right? And I don't know if it's Beck. I, and I'm not saying it's not Beck. What I'm saying is that room is a lot more open now than it was when Munkin was there. I think Munkin pretty much had it set that Beck was going to be his next guy. Um, But, you know, I think looking at this, right, so there were some questionable calls with with Bobo uh, saying Cam Newton was a tight end, saying Mm -hmm. that he didn't want Deshaun Watson, uh, Mm -hmm. wasn't good enough to be quarterback of Georgia, right? (laughs) Um, But, but, I mean, Todd Munkin did the same thing. He started Dwan Mathis, tried to do that. He tried to pretty much tell Stetson Bennett to leave town. Like, mm-hmm. you're not going to play here, kid. Leave. Everybody did. <laughs> right. Uh, and he ended up, what ended up happening was Stetson Bennett rose up to the occasion and won two national titles. Right. But Todd Munkin tried to, I mean, let's look back at it. T- Todd and Kirby and all those, they, they tried to run him out of town. He stuck around. He was resilient. Um, so I guess what I'm getting at here is, I think Todd Munkin maybe could have taken this job a little earlier, but really mm. what would have happened, right? I mean, there was Tommy Reese getting hired at uh, Alabama, but I don't know who else Georgia fans. That's And that's one thing, like if you go on uh, UGASports.com or you go on Twitter, you go on somewhere and you say, hey, who else would you like to have? And they say, Munkin. Well, Munkin mm. went to the NFL. So, right. like, you can't have Munkin. So, who else would you rather have? And there's not a name out there. Like, I've seen Joe Brady get thrown out there, but everybody's throwing out Joe Brady's name every time there's an OC right. situation. But Joe Brady yeah. also had, I forgot the dude's name, the old cat that was calling plays with him at LSU. That yeah, Joe him. Brady was the pass game coordinator. Yeah. He was yeah. not the offensive coordinator. That's right. He got no, he got the, the old guy got no, you know, run on his plays, but it was all Joe Brady because he was the young gun. So, you look back at it and you go, all right, Bobo had a super prolific offense in 2014 at Georgia, but then went to Colorado State, did decent as a, a head coach, 
And then 2020, South Carolina, not great. 2021, Auburn, not great. But please, besides Ike, name me one player on Auburn's team besides Bo Nix and Tank Bisbee on the offensive side of the ball in 2021. Oh, I was about to say, I can name a bunch of them, but you said besides me. So, yeah. yeah. Meaning me. Uh, yes. <laughs> nobody. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, TJ Finley. Yeah. Okay. The backup quarterback. Hey. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so, there you go. You, you know, John, Shan- John Samuel Shanker, Kobe yeah. Hudson. Like, yeah. these aren't household names, guys. So, you had Bo Nix, you had Tank Bisbee. Bo Nix did not look good. And then he looked really good at Oregon the year after. Uh, so was that Mike Bobo? I don't know. South Carolina looked terrible, but Will Muschamp was the head coach. And then Bobo took over at the end of the year and went 0 and 3. Now Georgia has both of those guys as their coordinators. Yeah, they do. What I'm getting at, (laughs) what I'm getting at is I think you could probably stick Kenny up there to be the offensive coordinator and kill it. <laughs> They've got enough talent where they can compete. Baby, baby Urban, <laughs> give me the keys. I think they have enough talent to get there. I think what a lot of people are afraid of, like my best friend, business partner, when he heard the news, he was like, "Well, there goes the three peat." And I was like, eh, "Maybe, you know." Like, I think you you could have convinced Todd, and it wasn't a money thing. That's the problem. Mm-hmm. A lot of people saying it's a money thing. It was not a money thing. It was not. I think it's. I think he's making just as much, if not a little less, at Baltimore. Um, there were rumors that his wife didn't like Athens, so mm. wanted to get out. Which most coaches, I mean, every uh, every Georgia coach that's still alive right now still resides in Athens. Uh, so you know, it's a pretty good town. You know, what I'm getting at, guys, is I think your defense is really good. Your offense now is going to be led by Mike Bobo coming back and a new quarterback. And that new quarterback might be somebody different than Carson Beck. So things just got a whole lot more interesting in the spring. Yeah, uh, yeah, it did. I feel bad. I, I do feel – because Mike Bobo, like genuinely Mike Bobo is a good guy. Like he's a, he's a really good guy. Uh, just Just a good guy, right? And I'm afraid that if this offense falters in any reason, which it could, right? It's a bad situation for him to be in. I'm not going to yeah. lie. With him yeah. having this, a new quarterback in there, it's it's a, it's rough. Yeah, you're coming in after a guy who was, I mean, is the if, center is the center still there? Or are they going to be having a new center? Yeah, too? they had Van Pran come back. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, but if you if you could have Georgia fans would erect a statue of Todd Todd Munkin. They love the guy. Yeah. And now you're bringing back a guy who did mixed okay feelings. in Georgia. Mixed feelings. Yeah. Some people and love him. Some people mixed, hate him. Very mixed feelings. Yeah. I mean, I was a student at Georgia when he was OC. And the run the ball Bobo chants um, were in full effect. You yeah. know, like, so long-winded rant there. But I think Georgia will be okay. But he's just coming into it. I don't think anybody wanted that job after Munkin because you are – getting graded against the top of the curve. Yeah, I mean, it's an interesting situation. Um, You know, I I definitely know that there is a, and I know this for sure, that there's a portion of the Georgia fan base who are not fans of Mike Bobo because those people were very vocal when we hired him. It was like, ah, you guys got screwed. Absolutely. Uh, But, you know, there was also a portion of this like, man, I loved him when he was here, right? So it's going to be a mixed bag of what it's going to look like. But to your point, Paul, if it doesn't look good early, it could get bad quick as real far quick. as the fan sentiment is concerning Mike Bobo. Like it's, and, uh, it's, it could get bad real fast. And the other thing with it, guys, is and, and that's even if they're winning games, by the way, like they right. could just win and not like score a bunch of points and people are going to swear it's all Mike Bobo's fault. Oh, like if they come out and drop 28 against Ball State in like one of the first two games, like what the, right. you know? Um, mm. But the thing is here, Kirby learned from his, his mistake with James Coley. He he let James Coley go after one year, but Mike Bobo is his boy. Yeah. I think they were in each other's weddings. Like <sighs> this is this is where that kind of like nepotism friend thing comes into play. Have a Sam Mullen. Do you die? Do you die on this hill with Bobo? I, that's what I'm asking you. I guess rhetorical to you guys. Uh, luckily, Kirby has two back to back natties. So he got some cushion. Um, right. 
Right. Uh, but yeah, man, my biggest fear as a Gator fan is UGA going to get like one of like those, like that guy, like either maybe like a Frost, like one of those guys that when they call plays, you know they're going to put up 40, 50 points. And um, I'm not familiar with the offense of Bobo, but it, it may be a situation to where, hey, man, you got half a season. Like, it don't need to be that many close games. It don't need to be that many close games. Seeing Georgia regress to a run, 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 pass, <laughs> I would Which, love it. But that that's what Mike Bobo has traditionally been known as is a, you know, what they call three yards in a cloud of dust offense, where it's like we're going to run heavy set. I mean, listen, Georgia has the personnel to do it, right? Like they've got two very dynamic tight ends. And I mean, well, not I say two, like like they don't have like every tight end in the country. Um, You know, they got a bunch of tight ends. They can try it out there. They got a good offensive line. They've got three or four running backs that they, they can do what Mike Bobo likes to do. And they can protect a young quarterback and not have him have to throw for, you know, 400 yards in a game. But is it going to be the same exciting brand of football that Georgia has been playing these last couple of years with Stetson Bennett, where they put up, you know, 50, 60 points in the game, and you're just like, wow, Georgia's really smoking people. Here's I, another, here's another, oh, go ahead, Ken. Go ahead, Ken. No, I was going to ask a question, like, as far as, like, recruiting-wise, like, if he does do that, the, the quarterbacks that y'all have are throwers. You're going after a guy, Dylan Rayola, if it goes back to pound and pound and ground and pound, you probably kiss him goodbye. Oh yeah, like yeah. it's, it's going to be interesting who who sticks around after the spring for Georgia. Because I, I I think that this almost guarantees that you're going to lose either Vandergriff or Carson Beck. One of the two is probably going to leave. Now. Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't know how both of them stick it out in this situation. Give me one. One other, <laughs> uh, one oh, other thing here, though, is you go back and look at the defenses that Georgia had in Bobo's like final years. They were decent, right? Yeah. They got some guys like Leonard Floyd. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carter was a freshman. Jordan Jenkins played in the league for a while. They they did not have the defenses like they have right now. So I think that'll help out Bobo too. Um, and he Bobo also didn't have the receivers that that he has now. He definitely had the running backs. Good yeah, God, yeah. uh, Chubb, yeah. Gurley, Michelle, Keith Marshall. Um, he he had them boys running back. Uh, it made sense. The yeah, I mean, you know, and and who else? Right? Who else to go get the Mike Bobo and try to run it and be a three peat? And you do it with a three peat with your head coach, OC, and DC all being former dogs. I mean, that's. That's kind of a storybook type thing there. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely one of those things that a lot of schools wish. Like, I, I, you know, frequent the the Auburn message boards and all that. And uh, well, I won't say frequent because message boards drive me crazy. But I do um, see a lot of conversations happening and people are like, oh, man, we should just bring back the old blah, blah, blah. And we'd have the dream team of, you know, former Auburn players back on the planes being those guys uh, here on the staff. And, uh, you know, Georgia has an opportunity to do that right now, right? Like they have the former dogs all leading their respective units, um, including the head coach. So we'll see. We'll see what happens this year. If they if they could pull it off this year, they might as well just go ahead and start erecting the statue out front to Kirby. Kirby's just going like. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I mean, I think Kirby might already have a statue um, planned somewhere in the um, the back offices somewhere. But if, right. he, if he gets a three-peat, it's, it's a wrap. He's getting right. One. Um, so it's going to be super interesting to see how that p- play, pans out with Georgia this year. Georgia odds-on favorite. I don't know what the Vegas odds are. If they've have they have they haven't started putting out odds. Uh, oh yeah, have they? What, oh yeah. What what's the what's the odds on right now for Georgia to three peat? Oh, uh, let's see. You know, I love clicking around. Uh, right now, Georgia's the favorite at plus two hundred. Next team is Alabama plus 500. I see Vegas still has Bam up there at number two. Yep. And then Ohio State, Michigan, USC, Clemson. Who did who did Bama hire as their OC? Uh, oh, I forgot yeah. what the dude's name uh, is. Ta- uh, Reese from Notre Dame. Yeah, that's right. The Notre mm-hmm. Dame guy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Look, Saban's like, guys, we're going to do one more push. I got one more in me. <laughs> one round. 
It's going to be interesting. So Bama's, Bama is going to be an interesting team to watch next year because they flipped both of their coordinators in this offseason to somebody else. Um, they had some pretty big attrition as far as starting um, talent from both sides of the ball. Um, but again, you know, to, to the point that you made about Georgia, Bama's got talent, though. It's not as if they're lacking in talent. They just have to figure out how to get it all together. But those first couple of games of next year, let's – while we're we're looking up stuff, who, who are v- Bama's first three opponents? Oh well, you ask and you shall receive. Uh, let's see, twenty twenty three schedule. First three opponents for the Alabama Crimson Tide: Middle Tennessee at okay. home, no, Texas no. at home, Ooh. at South Florida. Oh, and then you get Ole Miss as the fourth game at home. That's gonna be interesting. So I mean, you, at least you get Texas at home. Man, ooh, that's second game against Texas with a new quarterback, new offensive coordinator, new defensive coordinator. Last year, boy, saved. Ah, that's gonna be interesting. Ah, I can't wait. Can't wait to see how this pans out, man. Yo, how did South Florida get Alabama to come to Tampa, Florida? The hell? I'm sure they played them back in. 2012, 2013. <laughs> I, I I was excited when I thought Dion was going to be in South Florida. For yeah, I was too. We had to mention Dion. We have we haven't gone. Po- I oh, wasn't yeah. going to do it. I wasn't going to do it. But we haven't gone a podca- podcast without mentioning Dion. You said Colorado earlier. I did not I did. go with Dion. Yeah, uh, but you just did it again. Uh, so. I, I I I mentioned Colorado earlier because they are a terrible team in a terrible conference, and I was like, I know, but but of- we could have we could have jumped in right there. We didn't. Yeah, and then you brought up Dion, so yeah. you put the money in the uh, in the jar this week. Yeah, so. let's keep it going, baby. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's gonna. I, I don't know, man. I, that's an interesting start to the season. I don't know that South Florida is you know talent wise they're nowhere in the same hemisphere um, as Bama, uh, but it would be interesting to see if they struggle. If Bama struggles in that game, the unrest that would start happening in Tuscaloosa um, around that team, because Bama fans were already disappointed in how Bama's offense played last year. So if they come out and struggle in game two against, or God forbid, they lose to Texas in game two. Yeah, they got kind of a low-key tough schedule. They got Ole Miss, then at Mississippi State, at Texas A&M. Then you got Arkansas, Tennessee, LSU at home. And then you go to Kentucky, and then you go to Auburn too. Oh, they go to Kentucky next year. That's yeah. going to be interesting. Yeah, that's a that's a tough little schedule right there, man. I'm not gonna uh, lie. No, nobody can say Bama's playing a bunch of cream puffs this year. Like I just don't know how you see look at that schedule and say that they got off easy, unless somehow freaking yours is hurt again when they play them, and Kentucky is Stephen, Stephen Manning. <laughs> I can't wait to see that happen. Yeah, I am not a believer. I am not. I'm I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not either. I think it's a lot of hype for nothing right now, but we'll see. Hey, just like this SP plus, the history is a big portion of it. Yeah, last name was a big portion of it too. For sure, for sure. There's a lot of there's there's a lot of because he's a Manning, he's going to be good. And I'm just like, man, we we've already seen as as good as Eli was like, it just seems like every iteration of Manning, it steps down a little bit, right? Like, cause Archie was that dude. Peyton was actually a step up, but yeah. still you had, you, but you declined again when you got to Eli. So maybe it's going to be the step up, step down situation. Maybe this next Manning's the big dude. Like, I don't know. If he was, if it was Peyton's son, I'd be like, yeah, but you know, it's, <laughs> it's not. So hey, if, it, if it was Arch Meharry, would he get an offer to Middle Tennessee no. State? <laughs> yeah, oh, oh, to Middle Tennessee, yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> to Texas? Yeah, yeah. No, nah, he would not get an uh, Texas offer, no. But uh but boy, the names that the kids believe in, because they they fit following them. Yeah. So yeah. Hey man. Yeah, well, I mean, listen, he, he he's been riding that hype train, and we will see what comes of it, man. All right, well, let's get out of here, man. It's a good conversation. I am looking forward to seeing how this stuff plays out. We are on the brink of spring practices starting for a lot of these folks. we got a couple more weeks, but when we get into the spring practice time, we're going to have a lot to talk about. I'm looking forward to that. But all right, uh, let's start with Kenny. Tell the people where they can find you, my guy. You know, you can find me on Twitter, T2T underscore KB2, uh, YouTube, Facebook, Toe to Toe Sports. 
I'm live every Saturday. Paul, where they can find you, my boy? Man, check me out on Twitter, man. I don't tweet much right now, but I'm going to get back to it, folks. I'm going to get back to it at P Mahari, P-M-A-H-A-R-R-Y. Check me out at UJSports.com. We're back with our Sunday shows live on the uh, UJ Sports YouTube. So uh, come check us out over there. Ike. Yes, sir. Ike, I am Ike Jones tweeting at TWR Ike Jones, and you can find me at The War Report. Uh, we are War Report everywhere. Make sure that you go over to that YouTube channel and subscribe so that you can get the best. We just had, uh, we didn't talk about it, but we just had Hugh Freeze on the show, man. We just got an interview what? with Coach Hugh Freeze. Oh, yeah, dope. yeah. So uh, y'all go over there and check out our interview with Coach Hugh Freeze on the channel. Um, we just interviewed John Cohen, the athletic director. That's going live coming up Damn. here. Big yeah, moves over there. Fans. Big moves. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? We doing our thing over on the channel right now. So a lot more big stuff coming up, man. Coach Johnny Harris, the uh, women's basketball coach, we just had her on. That's going live here uh, probably sometime right. next week. You Damn. know. You know, we we out here working. We were out here working. Before so y'all make sure y'all lock in. Names. Bang bang. Got, I gotta 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 make sure the people know that it ain't no Mickey Mouse operation that happened mm. here, man. We doing mm. our thing. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, that's it, man. We're about to get out of here. We appreciate you guys locking in with the Amen Corner. Until next time, peace.